Our podcast is totally funded by you, the audience. If you'd like to help us with the podcast, just go to our Patreon page and subscribe. Patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. We get all the episodes in video format, HD video format, and you'll also get a lot more stuff when you subscribe. Go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. Quiet, please. Please be quiet. Quiet, please. Yes, yes. Were you able to? Were you able to see that on the screen, Mike? It was awesome. You were okay. I love the intro. Good because I think uh, watching that intro made me uh, really realize, uh, you know, what, what what's going on with me this week for the Pretender to Contender podcast. Uh, and we welcome you, everybody. Uh, I'm not expecting a lot of people to be on the live stream, but this podcast goes up tomorrow and i always record it live uh, so some people can come on screen at the end and ask questions and um but i didn't really uh, advertise this one uh today i had a, i had a, i had a crazy day so uh if some people come on that that'll be good but thanks for coming on mike yeah thanks for having me joe you <laughs> you were on this were you on this podcast or were you on, on another one i came to your house which is was the last that, time I was invited over. What did we? What was but, the podcast um, theme? Do you remember? I don't remember it, but I was with somebody else, and we were just chatting it up. Ah, uh, I think okay. it was maybe a therapy one. I don't know. Maybe. Well, th this one. Um, well, you get you get it. The the title, pretender to contender, and you, you, right. Do you ask me questions about being like? Because I'm real, and I have no doubt. Like I came into this hot telling you that i'm a contender and if you want to try me i mean i think you're going to be fully satisfied well i actually you have you, you know what's weird about talking to you about this uh topic which is how to get to contender status uh you've you you have been on a few of my podcasts and you're also like someone that's always even like early on like you were like you you came at it hard, and you 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 were a, always a contender. I don't I, I don't think I even knew you when you were like fucking around. Like I don't yeah. think you ever had a fucking around stage as a comedian. But I didn't know you then. You were already in New York, so right. When you move you, to New York, you got to take it serious because it's about livelihood. You know, it's about like you have to eat. But in Philly, yeah, I would go to open mics once a week. But even then, I was like, yeah, let me do, let me go i go I, I consistently would go once a week right and you were like you were pro you seemed like one of those guys that were really prepared like at an open mic like you never had like a go on stage uh i don't have anything to say set and let's just talk like you always <laughs> had bits didn't you yeah because i think that we started at the, i think you started young you started you 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 started like I could be wrong, but I think you started young. I started at 28. Oh, okay. I really yeah. started at 28. So when I was doing, I was like a, a man already. I was like, okay, I can't drive down to South Street because I used to work out at the Laugh House. 
Like I can't drive down there with just to hang out. Like I have better things. I had a full-time job. I had a, you know, a job. Like, I can't go down there to dick around. You know? Right. I got to like make sure I'm going down there for a reason and getting work in, you know? So you never were a comedian. Like for instance, even, even now I'm a comedian that sometimes might go do a set somewhere not fully uh prepared with a set like my prepared would be okay i have about four bullet points here of new shit that are just completely ideas they're not even written jokes i don't even know where these are gonna go right and then i'm hoping my personality pulls me through for the rest of the set you don't ever do that do you well no i mean i i do more now but that's a skill in itself like that's like you you're just working on something different but you're going up and work you're not wasting the spot like you're going up and going i'm gonna have these bullet points i'm gonna see where they go i'm gonna record it and then we'll see if anything interesting happens it's a it's a trial and error type thing but you're going up there with a plan even if like even if it's not like bullet jokes written out it's it's you're going up with a plan right so, I mean, I, yeah, I was more regimented in my jokes. So that can work to your detriment at times, too, because it's like at times you should be doing what your style is, which is uh, having some bullet points and then going up and being playful with it. Right. Okay. Know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I realized that. I realized that. Yeah. As we're you realize speaking. it now after I said it, Joe. I mean, how yeah. about giving me some credit? But definitely you're right about the age because I started at 19 years old. Right. Um, I'm trying to think if I, even then though, like pretty fast into it, I knew this is what I want to do. And this is like a career. Like I wasn't like fucking around with it really. Right. I'd say I was more prepared of a comedian then, than sometimes now, because I had, I realized what I was. And if I take that playfulness out, I'm not funny. Like if I go up there with a really tight plan set, like, um, well, I'll get into it in a set, but I do a, I do a one man show now called remember when, and that's what I've been doing for like the last year and a half. And it started as a really tight set with multimedia mixed in. Right. Mm -hmm. So everything was very tight and specific to the pictures I was showing and what I was going to talk about. There was no fuck around and it, it wasn't going well at the beginning when I would try to be really tight with it. And then I realized I got to be way looser and I got to set this up so I can fuck. So I can fuck around because that's when I do well. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I, I had a problem. I had the problem of getting stuff too tight, trying to get it too perfect and going up there and word for word with everything. It's like, it's not your best chance of success, in my opinion. Like you go up there and um, you can have it word for word or whatever, but it's like, you have to be, it's like acting. It's like, you got to be loose and playful and in the moment with it. And, and right. you're going to have the most success there. And, and you have to connect to the audience. Like all those things have to be happening. So less focus on the bit more focus on just enjoying it communicating it having a good time well, i bet i bet you when you started podcasting and having your own podcast that probably loosened you up a lot didn't it, it? really helped me I, I thought podcasting like most of us in new york was just nonsense but uh, i was like this is the laziest form of comedy i've ever seen in my life but it's 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 not like it's 
you really can benefit from it. You really can, you can, you know, if you have your own pie, it's like having your own show and you can do anything you want with it. And at first I was very like, just so I can stand up very tight and regimented. And then it's like, oh, you can open up and let your personality come out. And also you don't have to be like, you're na we're naturally funny. You could take an issue and just try to do it off the cuff, hit these different angles or maybe look at it beforehand, but not everything has to be so regimented. Right. Now, and and just so uh, some people know here, Mike Vecchione is an old friend of mine. He's, geez, I mean, if I had to give your career highlights, I would say well, you, you've been on some things on Netflix, you, and you've been on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon maybe like, I don't know, three times now, four times? Uh, I've been on four with Fallon and one with Leno. One with Leno, one okay. with Leno in 2010. That's how old I am, Joe. Right. And then you have how long has your podcast been on the air? Uh, I was doing one and then we did another. It's been about like uh, I was doing a podcast in some form of another probably for the last three years. And are you no longer with um, your sidekick? No longer with Justin. Justin. Who, uh, we split and now I just do one myself. It's just right. Me. Yeah. You sound like me. Well, that's what I noticed when I'm watching my trailer is like i mean i'm trying to show that in the trailer like it's like it's good that i've done a lot but it's at the same time i look at it and go i mean i'm kind of making fun of myself i don't know if you got that in the trailer where it showed like i've done like nine different podcasts i love that i love that <laughs> because that's the nature of what we're doing here just keep like it's a lot of it's trial and error man like the, everything's changing technology's changing uh tv shows don't have as much power anymore now it's mostly podcast, TikTok, Instagram, like all this stuff. Like, and we're funny, so it's just a matter of we have to just funnel it different. So we have to figure out how to do that with all these changing technologies. None of us are, I mean, most of us aren't marketing experts or no. tech guys. You know what I mean? Like, so we have to figure it out how to funnel it. Well, that's what um that's what I'm noticing. Um, especially uh, well. I mean, well, first I was going to say the number one thing that I used to get kind of ripped on was about how I would not commit to a podcast and I would bail on it after like a year. You know, if it, if it didn't hit, I'd move on. Right. Um, but you look at that as a positive. I think that's actually the right thing to do. Just like fucking bail. All right. This doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, give go. your fans like, thank you. And we'll see what Stay tuned. Like, here's my social media. Stay tuned for what comes next. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you said so so yeah. many different people on the internet rip on me for all the different podcasts but I'm like I'm a realist I'm like if this thing was going to hit wouldn't it have hit at, at, after a year right. like am I wrong do you, you no, know No you're not wrong you're not wrong and and in like the the podcast might hit your stand up might hit a clip from your stand up might go like you don't know where all we can do is just work hard throw darts keep loose and open and keep trying like mm -hmm. but it's like you never know what your like podcast might not hit at all your stand-up might hit and then that'll bring eyes to your podcast or a clip right. might hit which will bring eyes to your podcast and then bring eyes to your stand-up like you don't know right well the, the number one thing that i wanted to talk to you about today and it's it's a it's a major frustration for me right now and I'm curious if you can get really honest about it because it's always scary when you're on these podcasts. You're like, can I be honest about my fan base? Can I be honest about how many tickets I sell? You know, and 
I'm a fan of being honest about it, and it's, right. it's not something I'm running into right now that's very frustrating is selling tickets. Yeah. And not only selling tickets, like I'm to the point where I don't know if they're going to keep booking me because we're at a time in comedy. And I was just telling somebody this on the phone today who was newer and explaining to him, we're at a time in comedy. You either sell tickets or there's no booking. Like it used to be, oh, we'll pay Joe Matarese a little bit less than we pay the big guys that have that drawing draw. But now they rather just not book you if you're not going to sell tickets. And like, do, do you have this? Like I hired somebody to do my social media and help me with it a little bit, mm -hmm. running ads to promote and try to sell tickets. Right. And like when I get that email saying like like for instance I'll, I'll be I'll just be total disclosure on this podcast because I don't have a lot of people listening anyway so it can't hurt me, but like I'm doing bananas in uh, Rutherford, New Jersey this Friday right, mm -hmm. and uh, two shows I'm just doing Friday night, and like when you get that email of how many tickets you've sold it's just like it's like it's like a fucking punch in the face and. I, What's really frustrating about it is you can't take it like a boxer, like, like okay, well, I'm going to try harder to sell tickets. It's like you can't. There's nothing you can do to fix that I'm able to sell tickets at these comedy clubs. And, um, like, it's, like, fucking embarrassing. Yeah, I get that initial – I do get that initial reaction – but, but you are somebody and, and and not to don't take this negatively yeah like you don't have a tiny social media following but you're not somebody that had you know you're someone who has the credits and i think the credits get you the bookings right whereas the credits used to get me the bookings and now they don't anymore and i think it's because the credits are a little older now it's like if you did letterman nobody cares now because that show's not on so it's like right. what are you doing now so if you can do fallon or you know you get something on the netflix you know you can you can s still get booked would you agree is that what yeah i can still get booked i kind of like uh i understand what you're saying and yes that does affect you it, it affects you it does affect you because you're like, oh, I put this, how much work I put into it. And now things are changing or whatever. So I just go by like what's in front of me. I book what I can on the road. I book in the city. And I'm always like, I mean, I just put out an hour. So um, I'm I'm looking to like, I have hope for it. Like it's, uh, I'm looking to sell it or I'll put it on YouTube, whatever. But it's like, I have hope for that. I thought yeah, that I, I did yeah. see that you had a special out and was with 800 pound gorilla, right? 800 pound and uh, Nate Bargatze, uh, he uh, directed it and uh, also is half producing it with uh, 800 pounds. So I got some backing behind it and I'm going to push, you know, it's, it's good. It went really well. I'm looking at the edits now. Very, very good. And uh, I'm not just saying that because it's me, but I, it's, it's good comp. I mean, it's tight. It's good. I worked very hard on it for like, it's for a long time. So it's is like, it, is it, is it out yet? No, we're editing now. And then, um, okay. when I put it out, you know, I'm going to get fully behind it and I'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm not, maybe, it, you know, I have hopes for it. So let me put it that way. So Don't, I'll push it. And then, and then 
and then I'll take it from there. The, what's the next, you know, whatever the next thing is. I just, you know, if I city spots, what I have on the road, um, corporate stuff, like I'll keep, I just keep grinding, keep working. Cause I mean, like you, I've been doing it a long time and, um, I have confidence that, uh, what I'm doing is good. I'm working hard on my act and not, I'm not downing anybody else, but a lot of people aren't doing, they're just working on their marketing. They're just putting all, and I understand that. I understand why they would just put everything into their marketing, but I'm working on my act and I work hard on it. So hopefully that pays. Right. Now, I mean, a lot of people now think it might be better to not sell a special and to just put it out on YouTube. Could be right. Could be right. Because it's about what it's about for us. is not the money that you get for the special. It's about eyes. How many yes. eyes can I get on this? Yes. And especially a guy like you is respected and, and people love you. If you did a, if you did a special or whatever you're doing with a one man show and you put it up and then you have your friends retweet it or share it, then that's, and people, you know, people, you know, who have huge followings, hope, hopefully that gets eyes on it. And uh, we all, start pulling each other up maybe well, that's i mean that's what nate's doing with me he's like this guy's funny i know he's funny i'm gonna pull him up you know well, what I mean? unfortunately i think i'm maybe because um i don't know maybe i'm 10 years older than you i'm 54 uh 49 you're 49 mm -hmm. oh i thought you were like 42 okay you're close to me <laughs> so uh you know what I don't have anymore that I used to have, what? which is uh, friends that were like big comedians that I like talk to and stuff like and and I don't have the city aspect anymore. So that's like falling out. Like I work at two clubs in the city mm -hmm. and other and other than that, I'm not even coming in and out anymore. Like I'm like, you know, it's it's and uh, it. it, it, it so you have that that is a big piece of the puzzle that is not existing for me which is working at the comedy cellar being around comedians that are doing really big things and them throwing me a bone here and here and there my guys were sebastian maniscalco mm -hmm. and uh and let's see who else Sebastian and, and Artie lang so it's like now sebastian was a guy that already had a guy so I could never be his guy. He already had a guy he was bringing right. with him, right? right? And then he had Pete Corielli, who was his podcast co-host. So that right. was like, they were really good friends. So it was like, I was the, uh, you know, and he used me sometimes to open for him. Right. But like, not 50 times. Like, right. four four times. And then, right. it was, and then never again. Uh, and then uh, it's it's weird. Like, that's that's a game in itself. Uh, and and you can't go try to make friends with comedians that are going to help you. That either happens or or they don't. Right. Or, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. But um, yeah, it's it's more about just taking the opportunities. Like uh, maybe he doesn't use you fifty times, and that's no. He's just got other people. He's working whatever. But it's like you know, you put something out, he retweets it. That's you true. I mean? like, he wouldn't say no to a retweet. I've yeah, noticed whenever I ask for retweets, that doesn't do much. It's like, like my friend Kyle Dunnigan, who's just killing it right now. Killing he's he's so one fun. of my friends killing it right now. So and um, he he used to date Sarah Silverman. And mm -hmm. he used to say, 
when she retweets my stuff, it doesn't do shit. He, you know what does shit for him? What? When organically Joe Rogan, who just thinks he's really funny, retweets or right. reposts. Right. He doesn't even ask. It's just because they go, wow, this is funny. Yeah, because I guess it dials into a different demographic who really appreciates his humor. So, I mean, some of this stuff you can't predict. You just kind of have to cast a wide, you know, I mean, yeah. I, you know, that's what you have to do. It's like when you get something, when you get something like a special, I, I don't want to be hitting guys up all the time. I don't want to be bothering guys and stuff. But if I like my special, I'm going to reach out to people and ask them, ask to push, you know, and right. you, you, you just knock it back to me. They could say no. I mean, all of that's possible. And people have different stuff. It might not be a reflection on me. Just like people are busy. People have life happens, whatever. But it's worth it, you know, to like one push to get behind something that's a good reflection of me, you know. And that's not the same thing for everybody. Some people have a podcast that is a is a thing that they want to push where they're spending most of their time. Some people with right. TikTok, some people with like, you know, my thing now just happens to be a special. Right. My my TikTok seems like that's the one thing out of everything that I have that works the best. It's great. And I don't know why, but the problem with TikTok is, and I think it just has to get really big. It it doesn't sell tickets. And I hear other guys getting, you know, bookings and tickets being sold because of TikTok. I'm like, all right, how do how do what do I need to do here with this? Um, it's weird how you slowly learn, you know. Right. Yeah. And us, we're older. That's like TikTok is I mean, there's stuff up on there for um older people too but it's mostly young you know there's a lot of young people on there so it's like we have to hit our demographic which is you know not 19 year olds right mostly you know so the other thing about you is you seem like a guy who's never pissed anybody off like i don't know anybody was like like i'm somebody that occasionally will just someone will hate my guts right in the business do you you don't seem business. like you've ever had that uh i don't i don't know like i kind of deal with things now where, where it's like i i try and i'm still you know italian like you so it's like i i try not to take things personally somebody somebody um offers me something that's way below what i'll take it's like they're just they're they're offering me a, a gig and money that's like insulting i don't get like bent out of shape anymore i just go can't do it i just been honest like i can't do it for that money i don't say i have something else i go i can't do it for that money but i i'll share it with some guys who might do it for that so it's helping them out it's being right. honest with them it's helping them out and you're putting other guys on who might appreciate the work instead right. of getting bent out of shape about it be like who are you you're asking me to do this are you out of your mind uh, even if that's my initial response i'll go can't do it for that money I know co some comics who might be interested in it. Do you want me to connect you with them? Do you want me to give you their names? You know, right. not, not think too in depth, but just like I'll give you their names. You follow up with them. See if I can connect you guys, and you and you can give them some work. Yeah, I almost yeah. That's one thing that I'd say has really changed a lot about me in the last couple of years is I don't get bent out of shape. Like you said, someone could offer the most of the time when you get a weird contact from somebody you've never had contact you to book you almost mm. most of the time it's for like an embarrassing amount yeah and then usually what i'll say to them and because sometimes there's a way to turn that as that embarrassing amount into not a bad offer 
because sometimes I mean, they that's just another thing where it's like where they'll go, I, I can't do it for that money. They'll go, how much will it take? And you throw out whatever number you want. At, at this point, it's all great. You just throw out a number and be like, this is what I need. And then sometimes they'll go, all right. And they'll bring you in and it'll be like, yeah. all right. So this found money to me. Right. But it's like, you didn't get upset. You didn't start downing them. You just in good faith tried to put somebody else on. They were like, what do you need? You told them. And then you ended up with a nice little payday. Right. And you got to appreciate someone reaching out because they obviously like you. So why would you be mad at them? So, right. I'm throwing a comment on the screen here and you can reply to this also. Jarman, Jarman fam. I don't have my glasses on. Is that farm or fam? Jarman farm. It's probably a, it sounds like a fake name, but he says, I saw your remember when show. It seemed really scripted. It was funny and I enjoyed it, but it seemed like prop comedy almost. Now, you could probably answer him as well as I can, which is, of course, there's a script involved. You're doing a, a set. You know, my show has a beginning, middle and an end. I'm not going up there and fucking around. I'm doing a 90 minute one man show. It's all written. Right. But sometimes the jokes come out slightly different than a different time. It's not. And if I want to go longer, you know, one thing I've learned, one thing I did to make it looser is I got all these pictures and I got a guy running the pictures. I just keep talking about that picture until I'm done. And then I go, all right, give me the next one. So sometimes right. there's a new shit that I add on, you know, and right. it makes it alive. So, um, to answer his question uh let's see what else somebody's got here on the screen becky own becky own should sell men's skin products on the side i'm not even sure oh, oh really, skin looks great. ronald thank you ronald that's ronald ronald thank you for that because um uh my girl i don't know if your wife tells you this my girl is always telling she's always trying to get me to use these high-end creams and i was doing it for a while and uh she will will lay in bed and she'll go you have really bad um sun damage on your face i go what she's you have really bad you have really bad sun damage on your face i'm just telling you you need to put you need to put sunblock on every day in the morning even in the winter even if it's cloudy because the sun breaks through the clouds and then you need to put moisturizer on your face every night because you have really bad sun damage which is, I think, a nice way of saying that you're ugly. I don't know if that's a that's a scientific way of saying that your <laughs> your face is a mess. So no, your skin you. looks good. I don't know. I don't know what what, what what where's sun damage. She says there's redness. This redness here is it's all sun damage. It's all sun damage. She <laughs> says it in that tone also. It's all sun damage. I I don't I disagree completely that that's sun damage. That's just you know it's a little warm and your face gets a little pink. Face gets a little pink. I don't That's know. That's an Italian Maybe guy thing, isn't it? Yeah, probably from somebody insulting me, telling me I have sun damage. Maybe that gets me a little hot. Well, I would trust Ron Poliquin. He knows. Thank you, Ron. So here's another one out here. Tough town. I can't even read it. You don't get bent out of shape about comments, but you still delete them, he says. So that's a good really? one to talk about. And he's talking me? to he's talking to me. Did you catch uh, that? I didn't know who he was talking to. Um but he's talking to me, but oh. I think we can answer that in general, mm -hmm. which is you get a negative, mean comment on a po on something you put online. Do you delete it or do you leave it there? I try not to look at any of it 
I really do try not to look at any of it, but mm -hmm. once in a while I will. And uh, I can't guarantee that I don't delete it. I try not to delete. I try to just let it live, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, I try not to. But if it's something real rude, like I don't want it there. So I may, yeah. I might delete it. Yeah. I don't know. You know, when I delete it, I delete it. Like, for instance, my Remember When show, mm -hmm. I have a I have a playlist on YouTube that has a trailer for the show. And then it has like eight bits from the show in there. I use that to like to to give the clubs to to like to do uh, whatever they're gonna do to promote my show. I go here's eight clips you can pick anyone on there. I don't want them, you know, sending out a clip that's to promote me, and it says how bad I am. Yeah, underneath it, like so, I yeah. have I delete it if if that's there. So you know these these people don't realize this that you know. It's a business for us. I mean, like another thing, this one guy made these fake documentaries about me mm -hmm. that um, went really pretty bigly, you know, big on the internet. This he made, he made a, he made one about three different ones about me. They're like an hour long each, and then he made one again uh, about Jim Norton. He's made them. Uh, who's the comedian who takes his shirt off? Uh, Brett Burke Kreischer. Yeah, he's done one on Burt. Some of these big comedians, Joe Rogan, he's done one on Anthony Cumia, he's done one on, and um, and people. It took me a while to just be like, all right, with them. Yeah. And people don't realize, like, I'm I'm in a business. Like, when someone Google's my name, like even a friend of mine the other day goes, "Holy shit, I hadn't wrote your name in YouTube in a while," but it's just all like troll type shit for like the first page, and I'm like. So that was why when that stuff first happened, I would get a little bit, I wasn't as mad at the person as you're worried it's going to affect business. Yeah. business. You're yeah. like, how can it be good for business? Some people would say, well, it's got 200,000 views. I'm like, well, yeah, but it says how much I suck for like an hour straight. <laughs> <laughs> but I finally got over it and just stopped worrying. You know, you right, right, right. Yeah, you got to. You just go, all right, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh let's hear see what else somebody someone wrote this on the screen, which is funny that he says this. You're the only one still doing Zoom shows past pandemic. I guess they're taking this as a Zoom show. Oh, this is a Zoom show? But it's not. See, because yeah, what they don't Zoom podcast, though. We're doing a podcast, and this will live on my in my podcast feed tomorrow, audio and video. So and you don't live near me, and I'm not going to make you come up here like you did nicely a long time ago. But um, you you still have people come in studio and and do your podcast, right? Yeah, because I do it at a studio. But if I'm on the road, like I have to do it Zoom. I have to do it Zoom because I'm on the road. So I, mean, right. I can't I can't do it live. But my preference is to do it live. But not everybody's available to do it live. And um, you know, Zoom is a the pandemic did that actually made us realize that we could just do zoom and a lot of people don't like it, but some people don't mind it. Right. And you're in New York city where you can get guests to come there. Yeah. I live in the suburbs of uh new Rochelle. They're not coming up here. Right. Yeah. It's tough to get people up there. Um, okay. To delete is to encourage more. That's what this guy says to delete is to encourage more um that's true that's why i try not to delete much only when it's like a, a you know a, a real business like video that's going to be used by clubs to promote the remember when show i, I try not to give a f 
flying fuck about all the other shit. Right. But like you said, if it's like, if it's really nasty, like sometimes it's like they're writing the end. They're saying the N word in the comment, you know, and they're writing really racial things. You're like, all right, like I'm just going to delete that one. Yeah. It's like, what? I mean, I don't know. What about what they're doing? What about you're taking time out to be that negative to on YouTube? Yeah. He's posting something that's free and you're what's your whole what's your whole mindset? Yeah. It is. It is interesting that like they're you're, somebody you're who's giving something for free. Just don't look at it. Yeah, you're never, you're never allowed to turn. Nothing, the, you know? It's weird how we're never allowed to turn the mirror on them for some reason. Like, hey, look what you're fucking doing. Like you're doing something. You know, fine, fine. You know what's really interesting to me, and this this, could, this is a whole nother category of what we're talking about, but it is about comedy. All of a sudden, now, right since the Will Smith thing, and now the Dave Chappelle incident where he gets attacked by a guy, all of a sudden people are like, "Oh my God, people are going to attack comedians," and it's and I, I've posted on Twitter like you guys should you, you people that are writing these things should interview some people that are bouncers at comedy clubs yeah. so you can realize how often weird shit happens and how often people misbehave. Um, and and here's another side note because I had Todd Glass on my podcast on my last episode and he he's was great. saying he's, he's hilarious. Great. He was saying how he doesn't like these comedians that are posting a lot of social media where it's the audience talking back and they're having like a conversation with them right? instead of doing it like that. Like as an example, I would say Sam Morell probably, he probably does it the most, but he's doing so well. So right. he, can get, he can get away. He's doing well. He posts a lot of stuff. And I think it's a way that he doesn't have to put his material on his social right. media. Crowd work. Yeah. He's doing crowd work on there. Yeah. So, yeah. like, Todd Glass said he did, doesn't like that these comedians are putting this crowd work with, like, almost like they're the comedian's defending himself to a loud person in the crowd. He goes, it makes it look like it makes it look like it's encouraged instead of discouraged. Right. Yeah, I understand that. That's a good point. But also, it's like what Sam is trying to do and, and many others are just trying to, they're, they're trying to get content out there because it's all about posting content now without burning material so that's really the goal it's like and it, but todd has a point that it could be people could watch that and go oh this is what comedy this is what a comedy show is but i know from the comics perspective they're just like trying to put out content without burning jokes right and people like to see it so it gets high numbers people like to see it and well yeah whatever it takes you got to get i mean we all are we all have to get people to these clubs you know we all have to get them out so whatever technique that we have to use we have to use it you know it even me as a comedian it makes me think if i go see like the two comedians that i see probably do it the most are like sam morrill and um andrew schultz right mm -hmm. yeah it makes me think if i go see them on the road that and this is you, you might totally disagree with me but it makes me think there's going to be a lot of crowd work when i go see them live it's not going to be like guy right. comes up and does an hour. Yeah, I, I could see how, as a viewer, you would you would think that, but hopefully they have something in their shows where it's like um, the host or something, and they make an announcement like like the, maybe the host does it, where it's like there'll be a time. I'm sure there's a time that they do crowd work, but 
those guys are great comics and they don't want people interrupting their jokes. So there's right. gotta be a way, I don't know how they mitigate that, but maybe the host makes an announcement at the beginning, at, at like, like don't call out. There'll be a time for that in the, in the set, but don't just start calling out, you know, because I'm sure, I'm sure that's an issue. So I'm not sure how they mitigate it, but they, I know for a fact, those guys don't want their jokes interrupted. Right. Yeah. Because they have material. They yeah, they have, they have, I don't know, I'm weird. Maybe you think this is um, wrong. I put, I almost have posted everything that's in my, uh, in my special. Like, I don't have a special yet. I, I want to film this Remember When thing soon. In the next six months, I want to film it. But uh, I, I post all of it out there. I put it all out there. It's gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't, I, I got no choice. I have to post the clips. I understand that. And then it gets hard because then you run out of clips. You can run. I'm posting every day. Yeah, yeah. And when I'm realizing on TikTok, and I've only realized this in the last week, you got to post three or four clips a day. A day. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it started jumping again. I was like, oh, I got to do four a day? That's like a full-time job right there. Yeah, that's a full-time job. It really is. to Like, I have to edit it transcribe i'm like are all these guys hiring teams to make all their clips uh, see i'm not in that city thing like you are there's so many questions i would have for these guys do you, like yeah but i'm not doing that i mean i'm posting but i'm not i can't post like that because i don't have a team i'm not i haven't hired a team do but these i guys I, all have teams i don't know i i would imagine that they do i imagine that sam and um and andrew probably definitely does but it's like um yeah, I think you would just give them uh, uh, clips or or it, it, even a set or a bunch of sets that have already been on TV that have already been. And then you have the company chop them up. You have them caption it. You have them title it. And then you they check them with you. And then they just throw them on a rotation. And it keeps coming. Podcast clips, um, stand-up clips, crowd work clips, like all of that stuff, like on a loop just there right. constantly that's their job what you what you just said that's their job to post four times a day or however many time people there must know. be a companies now that that's all they there do is companies that do that just comedians companies that do it yeah what do you think they charge for something like that uh i think the better ones it's a lot of money fuck yeah that's so annoying yeah yeah it's more it's marketing i mean it's like it's marketing is what it is you know so yeah, uh, there there was a time where I thought a good solution to this was to try to get somebody with money to take a instead of having a manager or an agent. Tell me if this would interest you. You find somebody like you know how someone who well, first of all, I have a couple of friends that are professional poker players. Right, mm -hmm. poker players have sponsors. They have money people and you know what they do because when you're a gambler for a living, they go way kind of like a comedian does. They go way down and then they come up again. Right? right. So when they go way down, they need somebody to give them money to enter other tournaments so they can win and come back up again. Right. Right. So these money people aren't like managers or agents. They take a bigger piece. So it's almost like, I used to say, why couldn't a comedian be like a racehorse or a boxer where, cause it's gotten to the point now to be able to afford that team 
and afford what it costs because now we run ads now you run instagram ads and facebook ads to try to get people to buy tickets to your shows putting a hundred dollars in it does nothing like that's what i'm running into like the budget i have to spend to promote a show i'd have to put in more than what i was making for it to work right and i can't afford to make fifteen hundred dollars and spend three thousand Right. <laughs> so if, if you had some sort of money guy who's investing in your career, but then he's going to get 50% of it. Yeah. But I mean, what's, I mean, how, where are you focused? Like what's the end game? Like it's not for a weekend. Like that, those guys don't care if you sell tickets on a weekend, like, you know what I mean? Like they're going to be putting money in, into social media marketing, but into like a bunch of other stuff in order to like, they don't care if you're selling out Syracuse. Like they, they, that's not. Oh, gonna you, you mean the financial backer? Yeah, the financial backing. Like they're no. not going to. I mean, well, they might that anyway well, if it's all inclusive. But like that well, doesn't. My goal, my goal with the Remember When show is like I had an end game for it. As soon as I thought of it, I was like, well, my following is strong only in one place in the whole fucking country, which is Philadelphia and South Jersey. That's my strongest place, and I right. hit it constantly. Right. Right. And I get afraid that I'm going to hit it too much and then it's going to run thin, you know? Right. So I thought, well, Philly, South Jersey, they all go to Atlantic City. Maybe I could have a residency in Atlantic City for this show where it's like you see guys in Ala in Vegas do that, you know? Right. So it would, need, it would need a lot of money put in it to make it bigger than what it is right now you know it would it would right. cost it would cost a lot so uh but then it could get big it could be right. you know who knows it could be on broadway it could be you know you hear these shows sometimes where someone else is hired to do your show like that's how right. well it's going i mean that's a good idea because that's focused enough where it's like a money person comes in that you're like okay i need money for this they're like what do you need money for it's like very focused as to what you need money for well so one I thing i yeah. And I, I, I'm like, I kind of come at things like a business person sometimes. Like, I'm like, well, what, what isn't happening? What, it, what isn't happening really in comedy? And I noticed, especially in New York City, like, I don't know if you ever saw this, but I, I've posted online before, saying, um, they should open a comedy club. And at first, I was joking about it, and then I was like, oh, that might be a good idea. I said they should open a comedy club in New York City that's just for older people like 50 to 70 <laughs> i go because every comedy club in new york city is all really young comics and everyone in the audience is really young and i used to say these young comedians get cocky because they think they're so funny but they're, they're they're performing to their own age it's easy right, right. i said when, when i remember being a young comic and when the crowd was older i would go i would get nervous like oh my god they're too old and right. now i'm the other way around if they're young i'm fucked and that yeah. was Half the reason why the clubs in the city, I'm like, I get it. Why are they going to book me when everyone in the audience is 22 years old? Yeah, there's an element to that. Unless yeah, I am a comedian that can still make really young people laugh. Right. And I'm not. Like, especially when I'm doing an act that's about being older. It's right. not going to relate. Right. That's true. So it's like, but that was kind of the the business model behind the writing the remember when show is i i noticed you know who can get away with not having social media 
and packing venues who tribute bands they dude i know if a friend of mine's a guitar player in a journey tribute band mm -hmm. they do five thousand seat venues like three nights a week the lead singer who runs the whole thing he has 800 not eight hundred thousand. he has 800 instagram followers i'm like how the fuck are they doing it because it's like those older people they have that other mindset like yeah. when we were starting out oh he's funny let's go see him like that there's no nobody does that anymore yeah but 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 see um uh um oh uh journey is a is a name that they know they're like oh i'm gonna go they know exactly right. what they're going to see they're going to like a journey cover i know what that is i know what songs are going to be played i i know what i'm going to get and that's what that's what they're going out for right. not the individual guys and they're benefiting off that they're benefiting off that brand and that that well-known uh the well-known band and all the songs so and, and it's like, i'm sure they're great but like you won't know if they're great or not until you after the show so but but that's what's getting what's getting them out to drive their car to the venue to go see the band journey i want a night of journey without seeing journey right well that's, um, i'm getting that, a message from parcelin they're saying oh, porcelain's on screen what, what, can, you, what, can you remind joe that i'm here porcelain is the guy that made porcelain. the documentaries so i will i will bring him on because that'll be interesting for you and i to talk to him okay uh, and talk how how it hurts our um, our brand a little bit that he made these documentaries. Uh, everybody, before I bring por porcelain on, I, I think did I explain that well enough? <laughs> I think I explained it. Porcelain is a guy. That's not his real name. Obviously, he lives in England. I've been on his YouTube channel. I've let him interview me. He's a nice guy. He's a really good guy. He has a brand, which is um, he gives his his angle on what he feels about an and a, a person and makes a documentary about it and puts it out there and it makes you think also that like that that must happen a lot in showbiz where an article can get written and you believe it and it can just be that person's point of view so i learned a lot about myself and when i saw those documentaries that was actually there was a positive to it because i was like oh god i'm such a douchebag why do i give a shit so much and i i feel like since i've gone over that hump right things are getting better for me again but they still exist on youtube and um and when people google me it, it comes it's number one which is amazing because there's there's a clip of me that has five million views that's not that doesn't come up if you google me on youtube and then i have another clip it's weird how a clip it's amazing how you i posted a, a post stand up every once in a while how one clip could get a million views and then another one can get a hundred is i don't yeah. even understand it i don't understand it either it's some kind of a algorithm everybody that's how you explain everything you go it's the algorithm it's like i don't know if that's true or not you yeah, know, I have no idea. People just say algorithm. It's like I don't even know that what that is. Well, let's see what Porcelain wants to ask, and uh, his video won't be on screen. It'll probably just be audio here. Porcelain. Hello, chaps. Hello, chappies. Hello. Hello. It must be like three in the morning. Hello. Over there. Yes, it's very very late. Yes, it's very late. Very quiet. <laughs> How are you? 
Oh, I'm good, Joe. How are you? Do you have a do you have a do you have a specific question for me or Mike Vecchio? Yes, Joe. Yes, Joe. Actually, I do, Chappie. Uh, I just want to I've know. had you on where I think that that British thing. It is. It's it fake. is. It is. You're not even. No. Brave. No, it's real. No, no, Chappie. Oh, no, this is real. a fake porcelain. I just realized. You no, it's not it's real porcelain. I just want to ask you, how do you know Joseph Cumia from the famous? All right, that was a fake fucking porcelain. I was hoping it was a real porcelain because he comes on sometimes. That was a fucking terrible porcelain. <laughs> That's what's fun about doing these live shows. Like they can crank me, and I think it's fun. I want them to do that. Yeah. I think it's funny. Uh, what else here? Let's see. Someone else is writing something. It it's called a financial backer. Musical acts do it all the time. The issue is you're a comedian with a lack of content. That's not an insult. There has to be a payoff for the backer. Um, I don't know what he means by lack of content. He means like lack of humongous. You, you wouldn't need a financial backer if you were really killing it. Well, yeah, what, but it's like, what's your what's your goal? Your goal is if you're if your goal is you need a financial backer to get your one man show up and running at a residency in Atlantic City. That's very specific, and the financial backer will know that um, well, this needs to be successful, and then I'm going to reap whatever profit, whatever split that you guys have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm going to front you the money to get this up and running, but I'll take half of the door or something. You know what I mean? And, the, and they're banking on it being a big hit in that area. And they're banking on... But it has to be... But he's right in the sense that... Uh, it has to be something specific where there's where there's a concrete, you know, what it, where at the end of it, you can go, what is success and what is failure? Just like I need to sell more tickets is too vague. You know what I mean? And there's no, well, you know. Well, I mean, to me, it's an exact example of shows that are on Broadway start off off Broadway and then they I didn't know this till I was hanging out at the Friars Club a lot. And I was talking to a lot of these there were some people that were members of the Friars Club that are people that invest in um, Broadway sh shows that end up getting to Broadway. And why they invest their money is, like, say you were lucky enough that you saw Jersey Boys off Broadway, right? right? And you went, oh, my God, this is going to be fucking huge. Now, I mean, unless you're a moron, you don't realize, I mean... Jersey Boys wasn't only a hit on Broadway. It became franchised. It became a movie. Then it went to Vegas, and it ran there for eight straight years. It's probably still running in New York City. Yeah. And um, that money, that that's a lot of money when that thing, if something becomes a hit like that. Right. So, um, you know, and sometimes they miss. It's just like, a, like, how about that racehorse that just won? What was he, 80 to 1? Mm -hmm. and he fucking wins is right. insane right yeah. but it, it shows you that anything i love the way that i love when shit like that happens because that was what the announcer said you never know yeah like what if you invest in remember when this comedian's one-man show about the 80s because people love to fucking remember like yeah. that was the other that's yeah it just has to be marketed and atlantic city is a good place for it it has to yeah. be marketed for people like 50 to 60 mm -hmm. 
five maybe right. you know but I mean? at like, least at least we're not coming into it going joe matter no one's ever heard it like i'm saying this is where there is a fan base in the right. philly south jersey area yeah. i'm in with a lot of the media there this is where and i don't want to do it in philadelphia because i don't think it makes sense there i like the atlantic city angle because it's got tourists mixed in right um you know the only thing that would suck about that is and i don't know if you're like me I don't love performing in casinos. Yeah. Yeah, I don't love it either. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't love it because it's like you're not you. But if you get a show like that, people would specifically come out to see that show. That's different than just getting gamblers. It's the first time in my 30 years of a comedian that even like when I don't sell a lot of tickets, like I did City Winery in Philadelphia for the first time. And that was like a 300 seat room. And I think we sold 155 tickets, which I was all depressed. And they weren't, they were looking at it like that was pretty good. Cause that they, I never worked anywhere that had no walk ups because yeah. no one even knows it's there. It had zero, like most comedy clubs, you could sell 100 tickets and then 50 more get sold at the door. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, it's pretty good. Right. But no walk ups, it's, it's in the gallery in Philadelphia in that mall there, which I haven't been to in like 30 years. I didn't even know it was still there. Right. Um, what was I, what was I about to say about that? Um, fuck. <laughs> what was I just talking about? It was something about, um, an investor you to draw that age group. Oh, oh, to draw. Oh, that's what I was going to say. It was the first time in my 30 years of, a, as a comedian, that the people that did come mm -hmm. all knew what they were coming to see. There wasn't one young straggler there. Everybody was a little bit older. They yeah. all knew they were coming to see Remember When, and I was like, and it was a fucking amazing show. Like, yeah. it's night and day difference than going into a comedy club where you got nobody looks at the videos and sees who they're coming to see when they right. go to comedy shows. Yeah, and they should. They never do, though. So it's, yeah, so like... um. What else did I want to talk to you about? I mean, um, so so you are able to still get bookings in clubs. It feels to do some. I do clubs, yeah, and uh, on the road, I just take whatever whatever I can get. And um, will you do and, door deals without a guarantee? Usually not. Usually, I won't. It's just not worth my. I don't want to go out there for that. Yeah, they, and yeah. I, you know, I'd rather just. I'd rather take lower money with a guarantee I, I can't walk away with no money i can't put my time into that but um but yeah it's like it's a hodgepodge man that's what that's what it is podcasts like work and if and if something if nothing's kicking like i'll just work on my own i'll just keep working on my own stuff you know what i mean i'll just keep working on it like i get obsessive about stuff whether it's my act or like for this hour like it took, I just kept like grinding, kept grinding, kept grinding. I would go on the road, I'd be in the city. I would just like keep whatever opportunities I had, I would keep it because I'm, I'm like, there's an end game here. You know, it's a, it's an end game and it might be the same with your one man show where it's like, you're putting it together for, there's going to be an end result. And it's gonna It's, you want it to be something that you're proud of because you have control over that. You know what right. I mean? Like you have control over it. So keep working it, keep tweaking it. And, uh, I'm really happy with it. So we're at editing now and, um, you know, hopefully it gets some eyes. It would be great. That's awesome. Is this your first special? 
I have, I have, uh, I did a half hour for Comedy Central aired in 2011. Oh, okay. And then I had, did an epics half hour during the pandemic. And then I've done two albums, which are specials basically. And this right. is my third, but this oh, is a okay. video. This is a uh, 800 pound, which is a real production company. And, um, you know, it's shot very well. So this will be, uh, this will be my first, technically my first hour, but it'll be my third album. And where did you film it? Nashville. At the Zanies or mm -hmm. at a theater? The Zanies? Yeah, Nashville, but it looks, I mean, it looks amazing, you know? That club's That's awesome. Did yeah. they, uh, did they have to, I, I, I'm really into, uh, it's funny, this guy Mitch, who's on the screen here, he actually shot one of my comedy specials. He's asking if you open for Burt Kreischer in Atlantic City. Yes, I did. You did? Okay. Was that recently? It was over the summer. Okay. I was on this podcast uh, way back and, and before the pandemic, and we were talking and he goes after the, you know, in between the segments, he was like, you should come when I'm in Atlantic city open. So I, I was down there working the, um, the club down there for just regular Atlantic city. And I saw his, him posted. So I texted him. I'm like, Hey, do you still, can I still open? Like, I, I know it was before the pandemic. I'll, I'll understand if you have somebody else. He goes, no, I have somebody, but just come, come down, dude, come down. The more the merrier. And he was very sweet about it. <laughs> Look what he I said. Did, he, he didn't need he didn't need me, but he had me come down and uh, because he's such a sweet guy, right? Great guy, and had me open and the, and the crowds were just unbelievable, man. So good. He says you blew him away. That's very nice, but uh, <laughs> I mean, Bert was just he was unreal and uh, he's very very kind to me. So you know what's weird is I thought Bert was a really super nice guy. I started out with him in New York City. We used to yeah. do a lot of the. We used to do the Boston Comedy Club all the time together. He Great. did he did something kind of shitty to me about this is pre-pandemic, but not not too far before the pandemic. And maybe you can uh you could speak for him here. This is what he did. So uh he said he'd have me on his podcast, right? Mm -hmm. So he has an assistant, he has the full team. His assistant got a hold of me said uh what these are the dates bird has i said okay i can i can do that one and i i booked my flight and uh the the day before i was about to fly out there uh his assistant contacted me and said we got to cancel it and i said okay okay i and and i remembered last second oh i used miles so i won't i won't get fucked and lose the the, the money I spent on the ticket to LA. Right? right. So I canceled my flight, blah, blah, blah. I was supposed to do Joe Coy's podcast. And I think I contacted, maybe I didn't No, I'm, I'm, I'm messing the story up, but I, I said, fine. Okay. He canceled me. And I was like, in my, I went, I'm not going to get mad. Every time I've ever got mad in my career, it fucks me. Don't it. it, it shit happens. He's very famous, shit, yeah. constantly changing. This guy's got a lot going on. Fine. I don't mind. He didn't contact me himself. It was, you know, his assistant. So then the assistant says, we'll definitely get you on in a month. A month later, gives me the date. Now I'm going out to L.A. To, that's what I was, was going to do. Joe Coy's podcast, Burt's and uh mark marins which was like right. three really good ones to that be doing huge but all three are huge they're all three are huge 
huge. I don't know if Joe Coy even still does a podcast. He might. He's, uh, but he's huge, and he's he's super nice. So, uh, but I'm really excited to do Burt's. Um, and uh, dude, I fl I fly out there, and um, Burt cancels me. His assistant again cancels me when I'm already out there now. Cancels me a second fucking time, like the night, like literally, like I was supposed to do it at like ten o'clock in the morning. I think at like eight o'clock at night, his assistant goes, "We got to cancel you again." And then I was like, I, I sucked it up and didn't get mad again. I go, "All right, maybe Bert can do my podcast when he's in New York next." And he's like, "Yeah, he'll definitely do that." And then he blew me off a fucking third time. Never, never did my podcast. I and I, I'm one of those comedians. Every once in a while, when I know somebody kind of fucks me over i go well he'll be nice to me and i'll go on their calendar and see when they're going to be in new york and then ask him to do my podcast because they're here i saw he was going to be at the beacon i'm like he's doing the beacon theater in new york let's hit up his assistant and he just he didn't even get he didn't even contact me back i got i got ghosted the third time i was like what the fuck i was so surprised and i was like man like if i would have blew I, I always say this. If I ever got big and I knew I was helping a comedian out big time by having him on my podcast that was huge. Right. right. And, I, and I canceled him like I would call him myself and I and I try my best. I'd still get I'd get him. I'd be like, we'll do a zoom like I'm busy, but we're going to have to zoom. I would have figured it out. But like he blew me off and it, it it's hard for it not for me to have that sit sit weird with me which is like now i understand how that i i definitely understand how that could have an effect yeah that's not gonna mm -hmm. it's not gonna sit well but from the other perspective these guys and i don't know maybe it's in, like who knows if it was intentional not intentional you could speculate mm -hmm. it but it's like i think that those guys especially those guys they have and it's not an excuse but they have so much getting thrown at them like it's it's really it wouldn't surprise me if that was not intentional at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's just mm -hmm. a thing where it's like slips through the cracks because I mean, besides the touring stuff, like these guys at that level, they have all kinds of like offers and deep, like stuff that they're doing on TV and Netflix and these different platforms and weighing it. Like it's just like so much. And then they have these people around them who they're paying to like siphon through that kind of you know what i mean to be like okay this is something that he needs to actually focus on whereas the rest of the stuff the outer circle of people need to deal with because it's just too much for him to deal with or anybody like that to deal with because they're just being inundated with stuff so individually what you're saying makes sense like i would stop i would call the per yes that all makes sense but if it's like lumped in with a, a tidal wave of other stuff that's coming at you then it it's it's easier to get lost in the shuffle is what i would say well that that makes complete sense and, yeah. and, and that's to show that i think that says a lot who you are you're one of those guys it's very easy for you to step back and analyze not like fucking go what the f like no but if it if it happened to me i would feel a certain kind of way to i would feel a certain kind of way too and it, that has happened to me with other people it has happened to me and it's like Yes, at first your blood gets up, at, at, but then it's like, oh, maybe this isn't what it is. And even if it is what it is, it's like I, I 
can't get hung up on that. And I got to push for, I got to take the opportunities. I got to take the opportunities that are open for me. And if, and if somebody has that, let's say it is intentional and they go, no, just no. And it's like, all right. You know, I mean, it, it, it's a waste of energy and it, it still happens. Like it, it'll happen, but it's a waste of energy to like get tied. It's like, all right, what other avenues are open here? Like maybe I could do like, you still did Joe Coy and Mark Marins, right? Yeah, it was still, yeah, you know, like, it was still that's, good. That's, those are two touchdowns right there. That's huge. Yeah. Like, those are huge things. Those so, are good. Yeah. So it's like, um, it's like, okay, you know. It wasn't like I flew. It would have been bad if I flew out to LA and I had nothing, and it got canceled, and now I got to fly back. Um, that would have sucked. But well, no, no you, you know. out there, and then that cancels, and then maybe some, like you just sit. Maybe you sit in LA. Maybe you just like, all right, I'm here. Then maybe I go out to the um, comedy store. Maybe, and then maybe you run into somebody, and then like somebody you like, you know, a lot of people in the business, like right. Like I'm gonna, I'm not gonna waste this. I'm gonna go out. I'm just gonna be around. Like I'm just gonna go see what's up, and then whatever well, things, and then different doors open up that way. That's the way I find it. Yeah, you're you're a smart, intelligent, positive thinker. And now that you say you say all that, like it reminds me of something I used to say, and I would say it more about pro athletes, but I used to compare it to comedians. I used to say like a football player gets paid that much money. Cause he could die every Sunday. Like you could right. die doing it. You right. can fucking die or have brain problems for the rest of your life, which is common. Yeah. And I always say comedians that are at that level where they're just killing it. You know, they're Bert Kreischer, Sebastian Maniscalco, Bill Burr. The, 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 that's yeah. a next tier success. It, it's unreal. They make and that. You gotta, be, you gotta be like, I mean, from my vantage point, it's like, I'm happy for those guys, man. Like, I, I'm really like, I don't know Sebastian, but I know Bill and I know, um, I know Bert. And I remember when, um, you know, for when I came to New York, Bill was just in the club. I mean, he had a comedy central half hour. He's a much higher level than me, even at that point. But, but he was in the club still, he would stop by the Boston. He was, and he was always, I, I thought he was always great, but he was in the clubs just like, uh, like, working working and now he's a superstar and and it's like happy for him and same with Bert like it's like and Sebastian for him to like sit and 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 to do that you know his rise from being a waiter it's like that stuff you got to be proud of those guys man oh I, I I am I find them I used when I would even when I was opening for him at those theaters that week I watched all of his sets because and one of the I wasn't like studying him or anything. I was watching him because it was so inspiring. I'm like, yeah. what's this? Guy? You could tell. And, and and these are my favorite comedians, the guys you can tell that are they're like Hall of Famers. Like and you can tell when you're watching them do comedy that they're on another level. Right. Yeah. And one thing that stands out, especially with Sebastian, is he plays at a Super Bowl level every show. He doesn't ever not get a standing ovation. It's like, what the fuck? He just never looked like he was phoning it in. He would look like he was doing his set that's amazing and nailing it every time. I'm like, how the fuck is it? That's hard to be in that mood to be like fucking yeah. at a 10 every yeah, night yeah, of the week. Yourself, it is like an athlete because you have to mentally get yourself there every time. And there's a crowd there, to see, a new crowd there to see you. And a lot of people there to see those guys. But I watch it with Nate now too when I'm on the road with him where it's like, 
I'll stop. I've stopped watching him now and I'll watch the crowd react to him. And I think it's a thing we take for granted as comics is he was so tied up in our little jokes and we're so tied up and does this bit work and whatever. And it's like, what about the, how is, how is it making the audience feel? And right. Sebastian has a big thing with that. And so does Bert. And so does Nate, like where it's like, they, um, I stopped watching them. I started watching the crowd react to them, and they're just gut laughing. I mean, they're just like doubled over, and it's like, it's like with all my little tweaking, tinkering with my, it's like, is it having that effect on people? That's something to consider. It's like, what effect is what I'm doing have on people? And they're just murdering them. So. It's from from an audience's perspective, you know what I mean. I never thought of things that way until I started watching the audiences right. react to these guys. Yeah. Well, the one thing that's different about these comedians that we're mentioning, and this is what sucks because we were talking at the beginning of the podcast about getting that big social media following so you could pack the place, right? Right. If you think about it, Bill Burr, Nate Bargatze, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Burt Kreischer too. Burt Kreischer not as much as those four, what I'm going to say, which is their following came from what they did on stage as stand-up comedians, right? Because right. now what I... Yeah, you're I, right. That's a rare That's a rare thing. The that's one thing, thing I don't like now is these people... We're getting bumped out of all the comedy clubs because they're bringing in people that can fill seats and they don't even necessarily do they don't even do stand-up comedy in their social media that's making people come like at least my social media it's almost 99% stand-up clips so like like I don't I don't want to slam Chris Stefano because I, I watched his special the other night but all the people are coming to see a guy like him because of him like his personality what he is on his podcast they're not necessarily coming because oh my god i saw this guy do stand up and right. he's so inspirational with his comedy and then when i watched the special and he comes on stage and says he's six drinks in and wasted like i don't think he realizes what it feels like to other comedians like me or you that are like working so hard at our material and being great at the craft of stand-up and a guy shows up and says that he's hammered and does his whole set hammered no comedian's funnier hammered there's no such thing as like oh did you see him he's hammered he's so much funnier than when he's not hammered doug stanhope might be the only guy in the history of comedy completely wasted is better than if he was sober yeah, but, but I, I was, mean, Chris is a real comic who's like work. He, he's in the clubs, like he's on the road. Like, do he's you think? But I, I, I agree too. But I yeah. just wish I could well, have I'm said like, that. I mean, I'm talking like a, a better example would be like a YouTube person who's not even a comic comes in, and then they right. they do like um, they don't have any they don't have an act. It's just a song and dance. They do a Q and A, and then think they, 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 they get a Netflix the there. What's that? Do you think they they get a Netflix special? They probably would, right? If they got the huge. I mean, I don't volume. even think I, at that point. I don't even think they care. They're like, I'm killing it on YouTube. Why do I? I'm I'm, I'm drawing. I'm gonna make all this money. I'm making money from my YouTube page. But it, it's like, I, I don't really, uh, I don't really care if I get a Netflix. It's, it's all about like, I mean, Netflix is is a huge platform, but it's all about like where I can get the most eyes. Really, is what it comes down to. 
Well, Mitch Reesboard again, he says, do you think he really had that many drinks? Like, I actually do. Like, I don't think he was pulling like a, you know, Dean Martin, they said, used to pretend he was drunk, right? right? And it was yeah. uh, it was fake. It wasn't, he wasn't really boozing it. And he wasn't doing stand-up. He was singing. You right. could sing kind of, when you, because I used to think I was funnier when I had a few drinks in me until I watched the video. And I'm like, no, I'm way less funny. <laughs> I'm funniest when I'm on Adderall and I'm fucking precise. Yeah, I'm I used to think the other way. Yeah. And I was I mean, like, no. Guy, I don't know. I don't know if Chris is, was really drunk with that, but I don't think I. Well, if, if you watch the set, he, he looks sloppy like he did have that many. He looks yeah. like he had that many. Well, may, but that's maybe he wanted to put that out then. Maybe he wanted well, to. Well, he did. Out. That's his. He's not thing. putting it out on accident. Yeah. yeah. It's like Artie Lang when he was big and he would come on stage with the drinks. He was that drunk yeah. and that was his persona. Right. But it, I actually think it's a mistake for Chris because I think he's, I think he's funnier yes. than that. I think yeah. he does. He would have been better without it and just went up and did his act. His act's funny. It's funny. He's really, he's a killer. Yeah, he doesn't need yeah. to be wasted. I think it's a mistake to think he's. I remember it's like my first podcast ever in the history of me podcasting was fixing joe and my first episode i had just got fired from a comedy club for going off on hecklers two nights in a row and i had bill burr on as the guest and i had thought that i wanted to be this guy that always gets in arguments with the people because i had a show where i was keeping track who was slamming each who was slamming and winning. We And I said, I'm going to have a chalkboard on stage and I'm going to be yelling at people. They're going to yell at me and I'm going to keep track and it's going to be a big thing. And Bill Burr said, but that's going to be your thing and you're never going to be able to get around it, which makes sense. Now it's like if Chris Stefano goes on stage hammered, all his shows, everybody's going to, he does, he, yeah. everyone's going to be hammered and yelling at all his shows. And he's probably not going to care because he's making a lot of money, but like, no, maybe he will because Chris is Chris is funny and Chris has real good material, so right. he might care. Yeah, I mean that's a thing. That's a Sometimes thing. Sometimes it's because you have shitty management and they just fucking make they tell these guys the wrong thing and they and then it, it works for a little while, but it's not. You know, they're not. Yeah, it's maybe it's sustainable the whole time. I don't know, yeah. but I'm sure he's like a he's a resilient guy and he'll figure it out. I'm sure. Yeah, I hope that just didn't come out like I was shitting on him for doing that. No. I, I didn't take it that way. We Good. all love, we love Chris. I love Chris, and he's been yeah. always nice, and he's always come yeah. on my podcast. I just think sick two drinks, three drinks maybe, but six is like in your fucking sloppy. Like yeah. you could see him sobering up through the set. Like that was the most interesting part. I'm like, by the end, he's probably sober. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. All right, dude. Well, all right, uh, buddy. Thanks for doing the podcast, man. I was gonna let people. Uh, I don't I don't think there's anyone really out there to ask questions and and click on that link but they're asking questions in there and uh thanks so much for doing the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um please for those of you guys uh this comes out on video tomorrow. Well, the video will, it'll stay up tonight. Yeah. It'll it'll just be up the audio comes out tomorrow. Please follow me at Comic Mike V on social media. We've talked this whole time about social media. So at Comic Mike V, please follow me. All of my, you can, everything will come from there. But uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, at Comic Mike V. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Great to Thank, see you. Thanks for doing it, Mike. All right, brother. See you, buddy. Bye bye.
There he was, Mike Vecchione, who's always great, super nice guy, super hardworking. I love, I always wish I could be one of those guys that like nothing ever, my face looks so red, I was in the sun today, uh, that just always, you know, never says anything out of place where you're like, oh, what a dick, like he just, just a good guy and it comes through and uh, that's an, that's an important quality to have to be a contender in in this game of comedy and in life and in any career you know you can't ever be an asshole and he's just uh, very good at pulling back thinking about the situation um i don't know what that comes from is that good genes is that an education is that just something uh some people work at to try to be or they just either have it or they don't I thank you guys for watching the live stream. Everybody that's uh, just listening, thank you guys. Keep listening. Go to the Patreon if you want to support my show. Patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. Okay, everybody? This show is funded by you, the fans. Let's uh, talk soon. All right, guys? Have a good one. Contender to contender. See ya.